Hello and welcome to episode 77 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Regardless of any size of audience, there'll always be 20% of that audience that want to go one step further with you. And out of that 20%, there'll be 5% that want to go one step further even more with you. So you better not only have something to sell, but something to upsell when people initially buy as well. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson-Gray. And in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast, I'm joined by serial entrepreneur, Chris Ducker. We're gonna dig deep into the world of selling. Are you afraid of selling on your live video shows? Well, we're going to talk about that in today's show. But first... Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. Hello, lover. Have you heard? Chris Ducker is coming on the Confident Live podcast this week. Oh, is he? Oh, I love that, Chris Ducker. And I've heard he's very fond of blues music too. Oh, should we put some blues music on the record player? You've taken the words right out of me mouth. This is the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray, helping entrepreneurs level up their impact, authority, and profits through the power of live video. Gain confidence in front of the camera, confidence with technology, and confidence with the content and marketing. Together, we can go live! Hello, it's Ian Anderson Gray here for episode 77 of the Confident Live Marketing Show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today, we're going to be talking about how to sell effectively in your live videos. And I'm really excited to have Mr. Chris Ducker on the show to talk about that. I couldn't think of anyone better to talk about the whole realm of selling, particularly when it comes to live videos. So if you struggle with this, if this has been a real issue for you, you're in the right place. And I'd love you to let me know in the comments if you're watching live or if you're listening to the podcast in the future, just go to iag.me forward slash 77 and let us know. So that's what could be what we're going to be talking about today. And as I say, the show notes will be at iag.me forward slash 77. Today's show is sponsored by my good friends at Content 10X and StreamYard. And so I want to just talk a little bit about Content 10X. Now, Amy is a good friend of, I know, both myself and Chris. Um, I, I've known Amy for many, many years, and she just lives down the road from me. Um, not that we've been meeting up recently. For some reason, I don't know whether it's anything to do with the lockdown. Anyway, not, not, we're not talking about that. But Content 10X is the complete content repurposing service for entrepreneurs. The great thing about live video, you do all that preparation, you go live, 
And then you can create so much content from that one piece of content. You can, you can turn it into a blog post, you can turn it into a podcast, you can turn it into social media images and infographics. And this is what Content 10X is all about. From that one piece of content that you create, it will create lots of all these babies all across the interwebs, whether it's podcasts or blog posts. It is so awesome. Now, you can hire Content 10X to do this. This is what they, they do. But they will also teach you how to do it. So, and they've got an amazing blog, podcast, and book. All you need to do is go to content10x.com. Now, a few weeks ago, we had Amy on the show to tell us all about this new service that they've got called LinkedIn 10X. And so if you're wanting to level things up on LinkedIn, if you're wanting to just create more buzz and uh, engage much more on LinkedIn, then definitely check out LinkedIn 10X. One piece of content per week that you need to create, and they will do the rest. And um, I'm really, really impressed with the service. So to find out more, all you need to do is go to content10x.com. And I thank you so much, Amy and the team, for sponsoring the show. Right, well, it's time to introduce my guest today, who is none other other by, the, if I can speak today, none other than Chris Ducker. Chris is a serial entrepreneur and author of the best-selling books, Virtual Freedom, and more recently, The Rise of the, the Rise of the Youpreneur, which has just, I've, I've seen, been uh, launched in Japan, which is very exciting. Based in Cambridge, England, he owns and operates several businesses that combined house over 350 full-time employees around the world. He's also a trusted business business coach, keynote speaker, podcaster, and the founder of Upreneur.com, an educational company that coaches entrepreneurs from all walks of life to build a profitable, future-proof business around their experience and expertise. Well, it's time to bring in Chris. Let's bring him on. Chris, welcome to the show. Good to be here, Ian. Fabulous. It's so good to have you on. And as I was saying, just before we start, I started recording for the podcast, it's taken five years to get you on the show. And, you know, if I'm being totally honest, part of it was, and I, I've had this journey along the way with, you know, this entrepreneurial journey, and there's been setbacks along the way. But one of the things that I've struggled with is, is actually bringing in some of the big names that my, my the people that I really look up to, and I don't know if you've experienced this before, but sometimes with some people, they can have this kind of like blockage in their brain. They think, oh, I couldn't possibly have them on my show. So anyway, thankfully this year, I got myself together. I've had a big growth in, in terms of my mindset and I've, I've got you on the show. So it's great to have you. There you go. I, you know, I would have said yes for episode one, if you'd have asked me. I know, <laughs> I know, I know. And, and I want to see one of the things that I want to do on the show is be honest and you know, talk about the struggles because I know I'm not the only one. And, uh, you know, people, we, we do silly things with our brains. We you know we compare ourselves with others. We, you know, we, we set ourselves up to fail. And uh, this show is all about helping people, not just with the technology and the content and the marketing, but also with the mindset. And so I just wanted to be honest about that. And uh, if so if, if you're feeling like that, then stop being an idiot, <laughs> get on with it and, and uh, reach out to people. It's a big thing. You know, uh, one of the things that, you know, I like to talk about quite a bit, particularly when I'm working with a new coaching client kind of out of the gate is imposter syndrome, which is basically what you've been talking about. You know, you, you shouldn't look at, and it's very, very tough to do it because we're, we're utilizing our phones all day long now. We're scrolling through social media and we're pretty disconnected with reality, if you think about it, a lot of the time. And I think what it is, a lot of people look at what other people are posting online and they think, well, why can't 
I do that? Why don't I have that? Why can't I be at that event or on that stage or on that show? Uh, and the fact of the matter is, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't compare somebody else's 60th or 70th or 80th step to your second or third step. So we're all on this journey uh, together. But the brutal reality of it all is that we're actually at very, very different stages of that journey. And uh, you, you should not compare yourself. It's tough not to nowadays, but you shouldn't do it. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, and I, I wanted to share that story because it, it just actually articulating that live on a show shows how utterly ridiculous it is. And imposter syndrome is ridiculous. It is totally ridiculous. And you're totally right. Do not do not compare your first video, your you know first ten videos with somebody else's hundredth video. Comparison syndrome is such a problem for for people in this space, particularly because of uh, social media. So anyway, it's it's good it's good that um, we've all woken up to that. But I want I want to ask you about your live video experience. You know, can you can you remember your first live video experience? We had uh, Lou Mangiello on the show f- a few uh, weeks ago, and he was what was Lou's because Lou's live. So like, yeah. I will very rarely not click into Lou's live videos when I see that he's like, I mean, I'm a mm. Disney fan anyway, so that's kind of a no brainer anyway. But I just think the way he utilizes that particular type of medium is better than most people. What was his first one though? I'm curious. He couldn't remember exactly the, the year, but it was, it was in the mid 2000s. And I think he was utilizing a service called Ustream, which I don't oh, think wow. is really I, around I, anymore. I do yeah. remember Ustream. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we we tend to think like live video is like this really new thing, but no, it's been around for ages. There was Google Hangouts on there. So he he was like he was telling us the story about walking around Disneyland with like a lap laptop kind of strapped to his back and all this kind of stuff. Sounds, so, sounds like something he would do as well. Yeah, exactly. So it was great to hear his story. Um, but yeah, what what was your what was your first experience with live? I, so I rem- I very clearly remember uh, both both the first time I kind of remember distinctly watching a live video uh, and also broadcasting live video. And they were both actually with the same piece of software. And that was uh, Periscope when it first came out. Um, I think I might've, I might've caught one or two Ustream uh, presentations, but they were kind of business related back in the day. And maybe I didn't pay all that much attention to Mm. it or whatever. Um, But Periscope came out, I think uh, it hit, it kind of hit pretty hard around sort of March or February or March of 2015. Mm. And I was in Vegas doing a presentation at an event there and everyone was talking about this live video app. And so it it was called Periscope. So I, I remember getting back to my hotel room, downloading the app and the first ever live video that I watched somebody doing on Periscope was literally just somebody holding their phone because you could tell they were holding it because it was moving around a little bit. Yeah. And it was just a green ceramic elephant that was sitting on their carpet, I'm assuming in their living room or something. And there was all these like really, really strange and eclectic kind of jungle noises going on. I I can't even make this up, I swear. (laughs) And it was just one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my life. Two things came out of it. Number one, I watched that stream way longer than I probably should have. <laughs> like the, 
clearly I was I was bored in Vegas for that half an hour, whatever it was, right? I watched that stream way too long, expecting something amazing to happen, and it didn't. And then secondly, I was I I instantly said to myself, how can I use this? How can I use this to show up for yeah. my people? And so that very evening, I had been invited to take a helicopter ride around the Las Vegas Strip uh, by one of the sponsors of the event. I can't remember their name now. And they picked us up in this beautiful stretch limo and there was champagne and all this sort of stuff. So anyway, we're in the back of this limo and I remember putting, turning on the Periscope app, hitting the broadcast button and basically just rolling down the Vegas Strip with my arm out of the side of this um, limo. And that was my first ever broadcast. And I remember seeing all these little colorful hearts popping up on the screen. And man, I was hooked. You know, I, I love those hearts. <laughs> Who doesn't love hearts? Who doesn't want to be loved? And so, um, exactly. but I, I think there was a very, there, there was a good gap between that and kind of like the, the follow-up broadcast where I was actually using it for, for what I ended up wanting to truly use, use mm. it for. But I'll tell you, Periscope was, well, I fell in love with Periscope. I found it very, very easy to use. It was very intuitive. It was very, very, you know, simple to go live with. And uh, throughout the course of 2015, I amassed a very, very strong following on Periscope. It, you know, that first broadcast down the Vegas Strip probably had 30 people watching it. But, you know, you fast forward into July and August, and, you know, I would have upwards of four or 500 people on every broadcast. But I was using it every day. I was going live for about 30 minutes every day, Monday to Friday, to talk about building a business online. And um, we actually, when we opened the doors to the Youpreneur uh, Academy in September of 2015, we did so on Periscope live. Mm -hmm. And uh, within, within two broadcasts, uh, 45 minutes each, about 12 hours between the two to hit the kind of the different time zones, we had over 200 people join at $49 a month wow. on that launch. And it was entirely from Periscope viewers. It wasn't until about a week or so later that we ended up emailing it out to our, our email list, our wait list. Um, so but that was it. I mean, you know, I, I was all about yeah. it. It was unfortunate with Periscope <laughs> in terms of kind of like what happened with them. Um, and, and obviously it's still around and everything. But uh, yeah, I loved Periscope. It it is a shame. I mean, I still broadcast to Periscope, and I'm broadcasting to Periscope today, and we get we get a few viewers on there, but it's not like it used to be. It's it's it is a shame, and it, it kind of like it's fallen in the same into the same place as Google Hangouts on Air and Blab. I mean, let's let's not talk. It, we're going to get all teary eyed with all these kind of tech disasters. I will never cry over, over tech. Trust me, that <laughs> I've got that kind of relationship with it. But um, yeah. I, I I was genuinely I was gutted, kind of like when it started to use lose its footing mm. because I'd become so comfortable using it, and my people had become so comfortable utilizing it to converse with me as well. Uh, but you know, these things happen. It is what it is. Well, I think you're totally right. I mean, yeah, we 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 can get some of us like myself can get you know too too engrossed with the technology. But the most important thing is the community that you're building. Yes, and you were able to build that community on Periscope, and that that was the sad thing. Not that Periscope, I don't know for whatever other reason that the tech maybe didn't work. But uh, yeah, that 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 is sad. I can see some fabulous people watching live. So just to say hello to Dr. Joe North watching on LinkedIn. It's great to see you, Joe. Hope you're doing well. Let us know what you're doing in the world of of live at the moment. And also, is this also on LinkedIn? Martin Buckland uh, from Toronto. So good afternoon. Hope you're doing well. 
Um, and I'm very confused because Joe is, is hopped over to YouTube. So you're you were on LinkedIn, you're now on YouTube. Uh, David Bain. Uh, so what do you say, David? Thank you for the kind words, Chris. I don't think I've been the best student as I haven't had as much time as I wanted over the months, few months. I don't know why I'm laughing. Um, because it, uh, David, you are, you are somebody that I always look up to in terms of what you do. But things are brewing. My question is, what is an online selling approach that you used that used to work really well a couple of years ago, but you wouldn't recommend nowadays? So that's a fabulous question. What is your thoughts on that, Chris? Uh, my thoughts are, I don't know necessarily whether they, whether it was still working a couple of years ago, uh, but certainly when I started getting more and more active online, you know, 2009, 2010, I remember actually, I think, I think there was a very, very big launch, a big product launch in 2011, 2012 for an outsourcing based sort of course or product. And the guy whose name now completely escapes me, I only remember it because of the connection of the outsourcing industry. You know, the whole, this is my mansion, this is my Ferrari, uh, that sort of type <laughs> yeah. of sleazy, sleazeball selling um, is not, uh, it, it doesn't work anymore. Here's, here's my kind of thoughts on it. And I'm curious to know your thoughts, Ian, as well, because you've been to a lot of events. You've met a lot of people in the industry. My thoughts on online consumer behavior in the business education space anyway, is that people's BS antennas have become a lot more sensitive over the last few years. Um, and I think that uh, when people say, you know, I've got a seven figure business and, you know, I'm making six figures a month and all this kind of stuff. I think people are actually genuinely starting to wise up to those sort of types of statements yeah. and, or at the very minimum, they're starting to not take them at face value because it's very easy to say I'm a seven figure entrepreneur and you might make seven figures in revenue in revenue but you know if you're spending 700k in facebook ads to bring in a thousand or a million dollars in sales good good luck you're making 300k before taxes before other costs before salaries and all the rest of it like how much money is that seven figure entrepreneur actually left with at the end of the day. Mm, and I think mm. this is where people now are starting to not take things so much at face value. I'm curious to know your thoughts on that, actually. Oh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I, I, I think it's, it's surprising that that ever did work. And you, know, you, you go back to the whole, oh. you know, the, the sleazy, you know, the, the, I don't know, in front of the mansion with the cars. You know, I've seen that. And I've, I, weirdly, I've, I've seen it even this year or, or certainly the end of last year. Uh, and people are still doing it. But I think you're right. People are wising up to that. And, you know, the whole thing about the whole seven figure, eight figure thing, why are people kind of attracted to that? Whereas, you know, what's actually behind the picture? I'm more interested in, and I think more and more people are interested, well, what's the lifestyle like? You know, you might be making, as you say, you might be making seven or eight figures, but you know, what's the outlay? You know, it's really, it's, it, I'm more interested in, in, finding out a little bit more about the real person. That's one of the reasons why I love live video, because we can, it's much more difficult to fake that, I think, on, on, on when you're going live. So I would definitely agree with you. 100%, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Uh, I can see that Joe uh, from Idea Time Studio says, uh, I, Hi Ian, I've just finished my Zoom challenge week. Interested to hear Chris on selling live, as I feel like I've given loads of free value, but now feel pushy and a bit rude doing the pro promo. So I think what we're going to do, Joe, we're going to come back to you on that one because that's exactly the kind of question that I want to ask Chris about because 
So many of us, I think, give so much value. We're pumping out content all the time. And we kind of like forget about the whole selling thing. Before we get onto that, Chris, just your take on why live video. We, you've, we've covered this a little bit, but that was when you launched Youpreneur. This was back in 2015. And you went on Periscope and it was in a massive, massive success. But in 2020 or 2021, do you think live video is still worth using in terms of growing our business, building community, and ultimately in selling our products and our services? I mean, that's a loaded question, Ian. I mean, it, ab <laughs> it, it absolutely <laughs> is. It absolutely is. But I think that we, I think, you know, just like with any other type of medium that we utilize to be able to spread our message and market our businesses and our brands, you've got to be as strategic as possible with it if you want to have not just short-term, but also long-term returns on that, on, on that time and energy investment. And I think, you know, there's, there's definitely live video is not going anywhere. It's going to become more and more and more important. Um, but that will obviously bring, you know, a certain amount of junk along with it as well. And mm. uh, I think that, you know, those who do take it seriously, who do prepare for their shows, who do research the guests that they have on and not just say, I'm doing this because I need to create half an hour of content. Um, you know, th those that genuinely really truly prepare for their live shows are going to be the ones that are most successful. You could put it down to something like, you know, um, you know, daytime TV, like, you know, those shows, yeah, they're live. A lot of them, some of them are taped, but a lot of them are live. And, you know, you know that the producers are preparing those shows weeks sometimes months in advance, right? It's not always on the fly. Sometimes it might jump on, you know, big news stories as discussion points, but a lot of the time that that content could ultimately be seen as evergreen to a certain degree as well. So I think the preparation and the strategizing is, is going to become more important for those that actually genuinely want it to bring an ROI on their time and their energy. Um, but I, I, I also feel like just video in general is going to become more and more and more important as well. So, you know, bearing in mind when you go live, have at the back of your mind, well, this 10 minutes of this 30 minute live broadcast, this 10 minutes, I'm not going to interact with my live audience. I'm not going to say things like if you're watching live or if you're catching the replay, because these 10 minutes that I've already prepared, they're going to be ripped out and used on YouTube and I'm going to SEO that and that's going to be evergreen content or I'm going to embed it on my blog or give it to my membership, uh, you know, clients or whatever the case may be. Like, I think, like you said, it's, it's just about the preparation. If you prepare, you can really utilize it way more than just producing a live show for half an hour once a week or whatever it ends mm. up being. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And so we've talked a lot about maybe the, the macro uh, side of things. So that's planning the next 10 shows that you're going to do. And you're going to have a guest on to talk about that. And maybe you've got a course coming out in five weeks time. And so you need to prepare to talk about that and let people know about that, of course. But then within, the, within those broadcasts, absolutely planning it. And I couldn't do what I'm doing today if I didn't plan exactly what I'm going to do. And, and you know, I've got, I've got a, a structure. I know what I'm going to say. I know the first thing that I'm going to say because, don't know about you, Chris, but when sometimes, even today, I press that go live button and sometimes my brain will go to mush. So it's always good to have, a, uh, to have something in front of you just in case your brain does go to mush. So I think that's all really, really important stuff to think about, particularly when it comes to selling. So for entrepreneurs today who are 
using live video? What, what do you think is the biggest challenge facing them? Is it the selling? Is it the tech? Is it the mindset? You know, you, you're, you're helping entrepreneurs all around the world on a regular basis do all, all the things that you do. You know, what do you see as the biggest hurdle that people are facing? Fear. That's it. Tiny little word that spoils so much for so many people. It's fear, without a doubt. Uh, the tech thing, that's an excuse because you can go live very, very, very easily on any platform that you choose to go live nowadays. The platforms you utilize have made it like that because they want you to go live, <laughs> right? If you're good at what you do and you have expertise, you've got stories to tell, experience to share, you should be utilizing live video in some capacity on at least some kind of a regular basis. Uh, the big thing that I see with people is fear. It's fear of whatever, everything from looking funny on camera to stumbling over their words because it's live and it's not edited. They can't, you know, there's no do-overs. Uh, there's no kind of restarts. Um, you know, right the way down to, obviously, the fear of asking people to take action in some variety. Uh, and I mean, you know, to, to talk to, um, I, I don't know the lady's name. I know it was a lady because I saw her avatar, but here in the comments, it's just Idea Time Studio. Um, to, to, this to is comment, Joe, Joe. Joe, okay. So to, to comment on Joe's, um, you know, comment earlier on, um, all week long, she's been doing this uh, Zoom challenge. Uh, I'm assuming it's getting people to utilize Zoom in some way, shape or form, hence the name. Um, she's been given lots and lots and lots of value on helping people to, you know, do exactly that. And now comes a time where Joe's got something to sell, whether it be a course that she's maybe looking to sell, or maybe it's a coaching program, or maybe it's a one day workshop she's going to be offering. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. The difference between Joe actually making money out of whatever it is that she wants to do in terms of what she's got to sell to those people that have taken the challenge and Joe not making any money by doing that is simply by Joe asking. <laughs> uh, you know, the, yeah. the success or non-success that she has right now at this point is going to entirely come down to her. And if she lets fear get the better side of her and pull her back from asking for the order, for asking for the sale, for that lack of rejection or that lack, that fear of, of rejection and, and not selling enough, like that, I can tell you, you are 100% going to fail when it comes to sales if you don't ask for the sale. 100% going to fail every single time. Mm. Um, you know, Rain Gretzky, the NHL player, the hockey player, you're 100% going to miss every shot that you don't take or something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. So I, I think, you know, Joe, listen, allow Uncle Chris here to give you some sage advice. If you feel like you've given lots and lots and lots of value to the people that have taken your challenge over the last week, they are waiting for you to make an offer. You might not see it, you might not feel it, but they are waiting for you to make an offer. Regardless of any size of audience, there'll always be 20% of that audience that want to go one step further with you. And out of that 20%, there'll be 5% that want to go one step further even more with you. So you better not only have something to sell, but something to upsell when people initially buy as well. Uh, and so, yeah, there you go, fear. 100% fear. 
tiny little word, but it can cause so many problems. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you said that. My goodness. You know, it's, and yeah, that's some tough love from Chris. Joe. I, I, you know, I think we need that tough love because the fear thing is the biggest issue. You know, I've also said many times on this show, we talk about the three obstacles to live video. There's the content and the marketing side of things. You know, what on earth do you say on your lives? And we do, obviously, there's the selling part of that. There's the technology and the gear and all that kind of stuff, which we can get overly excited about. But then there's the fear and the mindset. And But, you know, as, I, I totally agree with you, Chris, about that the, the tech can is almost like a red herring. You know, I, I'm, I'm involved with loads of Facebook groups, like the Ecom Live community on Facebook is great. But what's the one type of question that everyone's asking? It's the tech. And that's not the problem. The problem is, it's the mindset. It's actually getting started and it's the selling side of things. So um, yeah, thank you for that, Chris. That's really, really important. So when it comes to, to the selling, why, why do you think we find it so hard? You mentioned fear. Is it maybe down to we're just worried about what people think about us? We're worried about rejection. I think rejection is a big thing. We're, we're worried rejection's about that. Rejection is the big one. You know, mm. no, nobody wants to put themselves out there and be rejected, right? Nobody wants yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. And so I think, you know, it, it, and obviously confidence is, it plays a big part in that, you know, yeah. it's easy for me to stand here or sit here and give out that kind of advice to someone. Um, because I've been selling since I was 17 years old. You know, it's it's what yeah. I've built my career on, sales and marketing. Um, I'm a very confident guy. And I feel particularly, actually, if, you know, if I've got something of value that I know is going to answer questions and solve problems for the people in my community, if I put that together, I know I'm going to sell it. I know I'm going to sell it because I know my community. You know, just listen to your prospects. That's sales 101 right there. You can replace that word prospect with listener, subscriber, viewer, or reader, whatever you want to call it, right? Like just listen to your prospect. Listen to what they say. They will tell you what they need help with by asking questions of you. They will tell you what their challenges are. They will tell you what their problems are that they're encountering. Yeah. And then it's up to you, if you're a true blue entrepreneur, it's up to you to create solutions to those problems and answers to those yeah. questions. And if, if you do it well enough, then you'll make a sell. It's, it's, you know, I hate to say it's really that simple, but it kind of is, it is. that simple. It, it is. It is that simple. But, but getting to that point can take a long time. And that's what this show is all about. And one of the things that I feel very passionate about, I want to be honest about the struggles that I've had over the years, you know, in lack of confidence. And I've been wanting to share my, my journey so on the show, I have talked about the struggles with, you know, imposter syndrome, getting you on the show uh, and, you know, other things like that, because I know that these are real struggles. Not everyone maybe can be as confident as you, Chris. You know, you've been doing this from 17. Totally. That's, that is just, that is the way you're wired. And, but you can't, the, the good news is, the fantastic news is it is possible to rewire your brain to, to, to work on that mindset. And it's, to, and that's, that's what we're going to be. We've talked about, we had um, Patrice McCulley on the show last week talking about mindset tips. Today, we're going to be focusing on sales. So uh, just a few comments. Sasha, uh, Sasha Lidyard is here. Great tips from both of you. Thank you, Sasha, for all your help with the Facebook Messenger bot. And I forgot actually to mention, if you go to confident.live forward slash subscribe, you can get notified for all the all my future shows. So definitely check that out. Martin Buckland is on LinkedIn saying, yes, agreed. Fear 
is the big obstacle. And I know, Martin, you've got a personal story when it comes to life, when it came to getting over that fear, which you did. I'm so proud of you. Uh, and Joe from Idea Time Studio says, thank you. You're so right, of course, Chris. Massively appreciated. I'm going to go for it, Joe. Um, totally excited for you, Joe. Let us see, know how I, I you wanted, get I just want to comment on that very quickly, actually, <laughs> because I think that the one thing I see a lot with working with clients a lot of the time is actually they might actually have the confidence. Joe clearly does now, right? They might have the confidence. They might have, you know, the very acute awareness of the clarity and of the value that they're bringing to people. But sometimes, sometimes we just need the permission to, to go ahead and chase that down. And I'm glad that Joe has said that she's going to go for it. I like that. Joe, hit me up on Instagram, sincerely, at Chris Ducker. Send me a DM and let me know what kind of result you get out of asking uh, people mm -hmm. to go ahead and buy whatever it is you're selling. Very curious to see how you do. Awesome. Yeah, let us know. That would be really good. And the other thing is just turning up, scheduling your live video and saying to everyone, I'm going to be talking about this new, whatever it is that you're going to sell, tell people about it. And then you can't you can't get out of it then. <laughs> You've got to do it. So um, just before we get on, we come back, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some top tips on to how to become more confident with selling and selling effectively. But I do want to bring in my next sponsor. Today's second sponsor is StreamYard. StreamYard is awesome. It is a fabulous live streaming tool that works directly in the browser. So this will work whether you're a Mac user or a PC user. You can have up to 10 people on the screen at the same time. And you can do so many other things. So for example, you can highlight comments on the screen with add your own titles. You can share your screen. You can add your own brand colors as well. Uh, you can stream to Facebook, Periscope, LinkedIn Live, YouTube, and more. And if you're feeling fancy, you can use green screens if you want to get all like that. All of that is on the free version of StreamYard, which is awesome. Now, they've got loads more features if you go on one of their paid plans. You can add your own logo, overlays, backgrounds, videos, and multi-streaming to up to seven different destinations. So if you want to expand your reach across all the different channels, you can do that with StreamYard. So all you need to do to find out more, there's a free plan and some paid plans. Just go to iag.me forward slash StreamYard. That's iag.me forward slash StreamYard. And I thank you, StreamYard, for sponsoring the show. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Uh, so let's bring Chris back in. What would be your first tip when it comes to selling on live video? We've talked about obviously planning in advance, making sure that you know when your course is coming out or your service is going to come out and planning that into your schedule. But when it comes to actually going on your live and getting the confidence to do that and the structure, what would you say? Well, I think, you know, it really comes down as to whether or not you're actually going live specifically to sell and only to sell. Yeah or whether or not you're going live to provide some level of content and then sell something at the end, maybe like the old fashioned webinar approach, right? I do believe, like I'm a big believer of letting people know what's coming their way. And so, you know, nothing surprises me anything uh, or rather any more when it comes to webinars. Like, you know that 99% of the time when you sign up for a webinar, there's going to be a pitch at the end of it. So I just, I strongly just, believe and I advise everybody that if you do not, if you're going to do a webinar, like say 
up front, right at the beginning of the webinar. Today, we're going to learn Bosch, 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 Bosch. By the time we're done, you're going to be able to boom, 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 boom. And if you stick with me right to the very end, I'm going to be telling you about a fantastic new course that will actually show you how to do this and a whole lot more that'll enable you to be able to take everything you're doing to a whole new level much faster than where you to just try and figure it out all on your own. And I'm going to be giving you a special offer if you stick around to the very end. So let's get going with the content, shall we? And it's just like that. That's it. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's it's so true. Uh, be, being totally upfront is important. And I, th I think sometimes we can worry so much about being upfront that we then try and sneak it in. And that's actually does, I think, what you're almost the, the opposite of what you wanted to do. It can actually put people's backs up. So we're, we're kind of like a lot of people are worried about about becoming too sleazy or, or too too selly selly, if you know what I mean, like the hard totally. sell type of thing. But here's the thing, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't, well, while you tell them up front, two things will happen at the exact same time. Those people that genuinely become interested in what you're talking about will be waiting for the special offer. You've hooked them. They're in. They're your people. They want to know about what you're bringing their way, and they're waiting for it, which makes that, that buying decision a lot easier for them to make. Secondly, at the exact same time, if people know that there's something coming and it's not really of any interest for them, they're going to disappear anyway. So it makes your conversion rates so much better if only those that are stuck around to the very end of that webinar, for example, are going to be those that are genuinely interested in potentially working with you or buying your course or whatever the case may be. So I just think like, you know, they always say honesty is the best policy. I'm not saying that, that not mentioning that you're going to be making an offer at the end of that call or the end of that webinar is a, is a bad thing. I'm just saying that by doing it, you set yourself up, as far as I'm concerned anyway, for way more success. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. It's, 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 I think honesty is so important that if, because at the end of the day, you want to get the right people buying a product. I mean, obviously, this depends on what, you're, on what you're wanting to do. But if you're a consultant or a coach, you obviously, you will want to work with the right people. So putting your personality forwards and being uh, and doing it that way, I think is so important. And, th and this brings me on to my next question, which is, I think we've probably all had experiences. We've gone on webinars and we've, we've got to that point in the webinar and we, it might be too hard, hard sell, or it might be something about the personality of that person that puts us off. And so, so what I hear a lot of uh, my clients, my audience talking about is they are worried about, they don't want to be that person. They don't want to be this hard salesperson. Would you agree that we can sell it with our own style? We, we, we can tailor that sales bit with our own style and we don't have to copy what other people are doing out there. Any, any, any thoughts on that on how we can tailor the, the sales message using our own personality? Well, you should absolutely always do that anyway. Mm. You know, you can't, no one can sell the same way that I can sell. No one can sell the same way that Gary Vaynerchuk can sell. No one can sell the same way that Amy Porterfield can sell or anyone else for that matter online. And that's actually a good thing. That's not a bad thing because, you know, we want people to buy from us because they trust and like us. You know, I'm quoted all the time as saying that you want to become somebody's favorite and you do. That's a requirement in sales. And guess what? Yeah. It ain't a newsflash. It's been like that forever. <laughs> yeah. It's been like that forever. You know what I mean? Like, 
If you go and see the exact same car model from the exact same year with the exact same mileage with zero imperfections on the bodywork in any way, shape or form from two completely different used car salespeople and Bob connects with you. Bob knows that you're a Boston Celtics fan and he's going to talk about Larry Bird for 15 minutes. However, Mike, he don't care. He just wants to sell the car and make some commission. I'm doing business with Bob because I like Bob. Bob's my favorite used car salesman. And I think that's, you know, a lot of people, they, they forget about that. They see Gary Vaynerchuk or someone else online doing something in some way and they try and copy them. Like, don't do that. Gary himself would tell you, do you, don't do me. And I completely yeah. agree with that 120% because we're all our own uniquely, very in incredibly unique people. And we should lean into that uniqueness. And actually we should do it completely unapologetically. Like we shouldn't hold back on it because uh, our people, you know, our vibe attracts our tribe, right? That's, yeah. what it's, that's what I've always said. That's what it's all about. So I don't copy other people. That's weak. Be yourself. Show up in your own unique way and the right people will buy from you. Absolutely. And, and I think you've said, you've said this many times, you will reject you, there will be people who will watch you that don't like your style yep. and they will, they will go elsewhere. But I mean, you're actually doing yourself a favor here, aren't you? You know, you don't want to be working with those kind of people. No, those, those are the kind of people that, you know, day 29 of the day of the 30 yeah. day money back guarantee want their cash back. Like we, we don't need those people in our lives. You know what I mean? We certainly don't No. So yeah, just make sure that you have that confidence in who you are. Don't, you know, I, I've heard this said many times, lean into who you are, lean into your flaws. And, but with the confidence side of things, uh, with, with the selling kind of thing, it, it does come down to confidence. And you could argue, in fact, this actually happened at uh, one of the Youpreneur Summits. Every, every year I go to the Youpreneur Summit, I, I, um, there's, there's always some uh, I don't know, experience where somebody says something that's quite hard hitting every single year. And I think it was during, because on your, your Youpreneur Summits, you have these mastermind sessions, so we, uh, which are fabulous. So it is basically every one of us has, is it like five or 10 minutes? Something so, along those lines, so, yeah. Something along those lines. So we have to, to talk about a, a problem and then, then we, we, everyone talks about it and, and gives some thoughts and ideas on this. So I think the, the problem was they weren't sending out their email to their list and they were struggling with that. And somebody on, on, our, on our table said, you're being selfish. You're being selfish. Your, your, audience, your audience there have signed up and you're not giving them what they signed up for. And I think it's the same with this, the webinar side of things. They sound like one of my coaching clients. I don't know who they are, but clearly, they, <laughs> clearly that's come from me. Because <laughs> I agree with it 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard hitting stuff. You are doing what you want. You're doing this because you want to help people. Well, I mean, you know, Chris, you would agree. You're, you're doing what you're doing, not just to make the money. I mean, obviously the money is something that is, we all need money and it's, it's great to make money. You know, this is something you've talked about a lot about the Youpreneur. It's not, we should not be apologetic about that, but we're in this because we want to help people too. And you're going to help people by giving them, selling them a product or service that they actually need. It's not, I mean, this is not rocket science, is it? It's not. And I think, you know, again, <laughs> people overthink things a little bit, you know, they, they genuinely do. Uh, and I'm just a big believer. If you come from the right, from, from a good place, from the right place, and you know who you're selling to, you know who you're helping, you know who you're serving. Um, if you do that, you, you know, you might have a bad month here and there. You might even have a bad quarter. 
you know, every now and then, but ultimately you'll have much, much, much more opportunity of success come your way. If you're doing things coming from the right place for the right reasons than you were, if you're just trying to make a quick buck. Yeah, totally agree. So just, uh, we're, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to ask you one final question, which is, so I, I see a lot of people do this. They dip their toe, they go live and they've done everything you've asked them to do. You know, they've, they've told people that they're good. They've got this new product and they're going to talk about it. And they've said all of that and they get to that point and they mention it. And it's kind of like crickets. They might have one or two sales, but it, that, that feeling of that, I don't know, this kind of pit of despair <laughs> that they fall into. I mean, we hear all these amazing stories of, you know, and you shared one, you know, you're able to sell all this access to Youpreneur on Periscope. But some people will, will do this and then it just doesn't work. What would you say that they need to do for next time? You could dust yourself off, get back to work. You know, it's that simple. Mm. What one thing I would suggest you do, and, you know, we're lucky that we're in the world that we're in nowadays where we can reach out to people when we know people have been on our lives. We know who has watched and registered, you know, for our webinars. We know who's on our email lists. Like, ask them, ask them. You know? I thought I put together a pretty good, you know, training and, and, and a good offer for my course. Uh, you didn't buy. And I'm just curious as to know why. Please yeah. just hit reply to this email and let me know. I'd, I'd absolutely love to hear back from you. And I genuinely would treasure your feedback, you know, sincerely. Mm. And then based on whatever you, 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 you hear from them, you know, it could have just been something as very simple as the language that you use. And I'm not talking about swear words or anything, but like, you know, it could be marketing message. It could be a headline on, on the sales page. It could be, you know, the, the color of the button, the buy now button on your landing page. Like, you know, there's so many different reasons as to why people do or don't do things. Mm. Um, and I think if you don't ask for that sort of type of feedback, just like if you don't ask for the sale, you'll never make the sale or get the feedback. And, you know, the success, you know, don't be clouded by everybody's success online as well, because there's plenty of failure, failures in there as well. You know, 2010, I launched Virtual Star Finder, and it was a massive, massive success. And it's still crushing to this day, 10 years later. You know, 2012, we launched Your Web PA, uh, which was a ultimately a, a you know, it was like freelancer.com on steroids with my personal staff in my facility. And it was a complete bomb. I lost 60 grand and five months of my life on that deal. Mm. But the fact is, if I hadn't have dusted myself off and got back to work three years later, chances are I wouldn't have, you know, launched Youpreneur. And, you know, you look at how that's grown as a brand with both from, you know, originally being a membership, you know, very humble beginning, so to speak, a membership merchandise sales, online events, courses, masterminds, coaching programs, inner circles. I mean, it's all there. And it wouldn't have happened if I hadn't have dusted myself off from that failure and got back on the horse and launched in the first place. So true. This is something that I see in my kids or I used to do when they were, when they were like toddlers, you know, they'd like my son would like, I don't know, Try and try and crawl along the, along the road uh, along not along the road that would that would do me good. What are you doing to your children? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just the father of the, the year floor. award goes to <laughs> yeah. <right>? yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, they fall over, they pick themselves up, and and I think we we some some of us lose that when we get older, and we we fall over, and we 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 think oh, that's the end of the world, and so we we so often we'll see everyone else's successes 
But with those successes, there's probably been two, three, four, five failures along the way, but they've learned from those experiences. And so that is really, really important. And I also love what you said, Chris, about, and this can be really scary, is reaching out to people individually. I've done this, and I remember the first time I did this, I was so scared. I don't know why, because it's not like they were going to say to me, Ian, go away. I, you know, I hate yeah. you. I, you know, they, they said, in one case, they said, oh, thank you so much. I, I, this sounds like a really amazing course. At the moment, it's not the right time for me, um, but let me know how I can help. In fact, actually, I might be interested in a couple of months' time. I mean, that's, that's a win, actually, isn't it? That's a sure. win. I mean, they've already, the re they've, they've already rejected your offer. What's yeah. the worst thing that can happen? They don't yeah. reply? Really? Yeah. That's kind of like, that's about as bad as it can get at that exactly. point, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, that's so true. Well, thank you so much, Chris. I think, I mean, we could probably talk about this topic for a lot longer, but I wanted to today really to focus on some of the, the barriers that we can have, but also just the simple things really that we can do to, to sell more effectively on our live shows. And you've been so helpful, Chris. Thank you so much. Any, any final thoughts? You know, if you had one more thing to, say, to share with us, what would it be? Yeah, you know, I mean, sales is, is just, it's been in my blood from a very, very early age, right? And it's sales and marketing in general is, is something that, you know, makes up a large part of my daily work. And I would just say, you know, don't forget the fundamentals. The fundamentals in sales are way more important than anything else. And if you look at the very beginning of the sales process, which, you know, very quickly is broken down, prospecting, qualifying, gaining trust, building rapport, pitching, overcoming objection, pitching, close, that sort of type of process. At the very beginning, those first two steps are way more important than anything else in the process. Prospecting should always be looking new customers, regardless of what industry you're in or what you're selling, first and foremost, always be prospecting. And then number two is that qualification as well, because with every minute that you spend with a prospect, that's a minute that you're not spending with another prospect, which could be much, much more qualified in terms of are they going to buy or not? And so that a lot of people, they like the idea of getting 10,000 people on their email list. But if you're not segmenting that list, so to speak, by getting yeah. people to click on a link that says, yes, Ian, I'm interested in your going live course when it's available next month. Like the moment somebody clicks there, you've got a host, you've qualified that prospect. These two things, people skip over way too often, particularly online. But here's the beautiful thing about it. If you respect and you make your way through that sales process properly of prospecting, qualifying, gaining trust, building rapport with your prospects, going ahead and pitching with benefits and features and not just on price, and then handling objections when they come your way. And then at the very end of that process, the close itself, if you do all those things right up to that point, the close actually nine times out of 10 will happen all by itself. You won't even have to ask for the order because they'll be ready and waiting to buy whatever it is you've got to sell. Wow. Well, I hope you had a pen and a notepad writing all those things down because that was pure gold. Thank you, Chris. And of course, if you missed some of that, of course, you can watch the replay. The show notes for this will have a full blog post at iag.me 
forward slash, just to double check, it is 77. I just had a, a mind blip then. IAG.me forward slash 77. Thanks, Chris, so much. How can people find out more about you? I mean, I know you have scattered yourself across the socials and the interwebs, <laughs> but where's the, where's the best place? Where do you hang out the most? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be much of a uh, personal <laughs> brand business owner myself if I didn't have my own domain name, right? So uh, chrisducker.com is where everybody wants to go. And uh, really, when it comes to social, I'm an Instagram girl. That's my style. And so uh, at Chris Ducker on Instagram, hit the follow, send me a DM. I'm happy to answer any questions anybody might have. Oh, that's great. I love your Instagram. I've, I've, been, sl I've been slightly off Instagram the last couple of months uh, for various reasons, but uh, I'm, I'm now back in and I, I'm really looking forward to keeping up with all your Instagrams because it's, uh, you, you're, you're pretty, there's pretty, um, pretty your number one Insta uh, social network, I think. It's where you post it's just, most it's of where your the stuff. Most, yeah, it's where the most mm. engagement is. It's yeah. where I find you talk about, you know, prospects and qualifying people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, just yesterday I, I put a post up um, on my Instagram story saying, Hey, if you're interested in me coaching you, uh, and helping you hit your goals between now and the end of the year, reply with, with the word incubator, which is, you know, the, the call to action for our yeah. group. And, uh, within like five minutes of the post going live, I had two people reply saying, yes, wow. I want, I want to know more. You know, I, I think what it comes down to, particularly online is we have a lot of different opportunities to, to use your terminology, scatter yourself around everywhere. Um, but the fact of the matter is only one or two of those platforms is going to hit for you. And when you discover what they are, you should double down on those because it might not last forever and you should make the most out of it. Periscope is the perfect example. It is. But uh, we won't cry too much. So uh, thanks so much, Chris. It's been great to have you on. Uh, if you uh, definitely check out Chris's website, chrisducker.com and follow him on Instagram at chrisducker. That'd be fabulous. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Be sure to join the community at iag.me where you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Chris Ducker!